Welcome to The Winding Road Home, now available on demand on all of your major podcast platforms. I'm Russ Salerno, your show host, and alongside with me is my lovely wife, Yvette. Hello, everybody. Hey, I think it's unfair that you get to say hello and be introduced and all this wonderful music ends in such a powerful and it just it seems it, it seems like can, the focus is on you. I'll introduce you next time. No, I'm just messing with you. Hey, you we can, have can a I say special. My lovely husband. We have my a, lovely husband. Is there awesome me? Yeah, that'd be <laughs> that would be nice if you said that once in a while. Anyway, um, uh, on to more serious uh, matters. Uh, no, we have a guest on the show today. Uh, he's a good friend of mine, childhood friend. Um, his name is Darren Mercer. Darren, how are you doing? good buddy how are you tonight i'm doing excellent um we're excited to have you on the show we bring on guests on the show and we're bringing more and more because we want we don't want this show just to be about what we're thinking about right we want to hear from uh, others and your story is uh, pretty amazing um went through a pretty serious motorcycle accident which we will we will cover uh in a minute um so, but before we get before we get going, um, I want to um, remind everybody that um, if you haven't subscribed to the podcast, go ahead and do that and give us a five star review if you like. Um, we like dogs too. I know I'm just messing with Darren because we were just talking about dogs. We love dogs on this show, um, and uh, that and and so if if you do like the show, give us a five star review. See that dog is so excited about this show. If dogs could give us a five paw review, he would be. We that's a five paw right there. So we would. Would you agree, Darren? That's a that's a five paw statement that, that that's going on over there. Absolutely. That's right. That's right. So if if uh, if you like, also you can follow us on uh, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Um, we also can be reached on the Winding Road Home uh, at, at the Winding Road Home at Gmail dot com uh, via email. So. Guys, this is uh, this podcast is just a response to God tugging on our hearts to do something bigger <laughs> than we are and something that we're unfamiliar with. Um, but we believe that, that God's going to do more with this show and what we're doing. And uh, we're grateful that you take a moment out of your day to listen to the show. It means a great deal to us. We love each and every one of you, especially those that have gone out of their way um, to protect us, the servicemen and women, the servicemen and women. Um, uh, that out there to protect our freedoms. We, uh, we love you guys. Uh, thanks again for all that you do. It's we couldn't do this without yeah. them. That's right. That's a decision I actually had to make. Um, when I was in college, I, I did four years of army ROTC and there was, it was like, they were ready to hook me up and sign me up. And, uh, I decided to do the football thing afterwards and try to pursue that and said no. And, Part of me wishes I did it, and part of me wishes I'm, you know, oh, golly, I don't, I don't know, I don't know that I would necessarily want to put myself in uh, harm's way. Um, but you know, uh, you guys are you guys are amazing. So, you, uh, ladies and gentlemen, so thanks again. Um, so yeah, when we come back, we're going to um, we're going to discuss a an interesting, very interesting uh, thing that's going on in China. And we may even talk a little Bernie Sanders. And then we're going to get to hear uh, from, from Darren and his amazing story about just going through a, a terrible struggle physically, spiritually, and God just, God just holding you the whole way. We'll be right back. 
All right. So, so check this out. I know we talked about this before and the, the thing that's going on in China, we, we mentioned in a previous show that, that the government is paying um, its citizens $1,500 to rat out um, churches. Now it's, they're, they're, they're tired of the fastest growing church in the world. They are in hot pursuit now of Christian churches, and um, they're, they're going to start taking them down. It just, it's just an effort that the government's just kind of tired. And so proof of that um, is here if, if in, the, in the news, and ChristianHeadlines.com says that Chinese police just beat 60 Christians, closed, closed their church, and then buried, the, buried their Bibles. Okay, so not real concerned about the burying of the Bibles because many people have tried to destroy. Isn't the it interesting word. that they only buried them; they didn't burn them. They buried them. Well, it's whatever they're. Yeah, they're 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 just trying to. They think that's they're destroying God's word. Here's the thing about God's word: they just made it dirty. God's <laughs> God's word has always existed. Um, you can try to take down the Bible all you want, but it's it's not. You, you, it's never going to happen. So. That that stuff, you, that stuff's been going on forever. All this stuff really has been going on forever, but we're seeing it now. We're seeing like we got the we got the warning that it was happening. This may or may not. I'm not. I don't. I'm not sure. It doesn't say in the article whether this is associated with a a uh, you know uh, one of those Judas like events where I'm gonna I'm gonna leak out and say, hey, you know, Russ and Darren are having church in uh, in Darren's basement on on Friday afternoons. Um, you know, they got about 15 people that are, you know, doing it. Um, so they get paid per person they rat out. So if there's 60 people in church, they get. Yeah. I'm not sure exactly what the, uh, what the payout is, what the program is. Um, that, what are you doing? She's looking at me like this. That's not a, that's a, that's a pretty, not a bad gig. What are you talking <laughs> no, no, about? I'm not. I'm just, no, I'm just trying to think like if they, if you well, it's okay. Out, so like, if it's 60, you do the math. If it's 60 people and they get 1500 bucks, that's a nice old payday, but I'm sure it's not that. I'm sure the government's just going to give them 1500 bucks. Regardless, it's terrible. I doubt they're going to, they're even going to follow up with it. They probably won't give them anything. They just want to get people ratted out. Yeah. We, we're we're lucky here in America that uh, we, we get to, serve God in the way that we do. Um, I mean, Darren, what are your thoughts on this? Uh, uh, the Chinese police are now, it's okay for them just to beat Christians, close their church, and bury the Bibles just because. Um, heaven and hell are real. And I think that people that do things against the word of Christ will pay for their issues later in life. Mm-hmm. Um, there's not a bank big enough to defunct God or Jesus or what happened on the cross. Um, and the people that sell their soul, in my opinion, you know, they, they look for a quick dollar, but they, they'll be the one praying at the end that God forgives them for their sins so they can get into heaven. Yeah. You know what I think um, about when it's really crazy. Well, you, you know, what's interesting. What, what, what I think about when, when, when Jesus said, you know, God forgive them for they know not what they're doing. It's like, you know, that's where Jesus was at. See, we're all like, you know, we, we want a we, we, we want to see someone imprisoned uh, and, and, you know, judged and put in prison for their for their terrible crimes. And that's human nature. And God will do that. God will take care of these people. Right. But but I could just hear Jesus saying these people, this, they just don't know what they're doing They They just I, he feel he, he just feels so 
that's that grace part of him that's saying, you know, even though what you're doing is is adamantly against everything that I'm trying that I'm trying that I'm trying to do well, as, your, as your Lord said, they are lost. To- they they absolutely are are they just don't know, and that's the shame of it all. That's like America. I mean, we we don't. Um, what's going on in America with just everything? Everything's sex. Everything is over the top. Um, socialism's on the rise. Um, and look, I mean, guys, socialism is is not biblical. I mean, if there's if there's anything, and and, and I may get myself in trouble for saying this, but if there's any, if capitalism and socialism were the two choices capitalism would be the one that would line up with the Bible because it requires hard work for something good to happen. You know, laziness is talked about very frequently in the Bible. And uh, in fact, the Bible says if you're, you're lazy, you're, you're going to be poor. So sit on your butt, but don't expect, um, you know, don't, don't expect the the world to. We are told to help the poor, but we're not told to to support them and give them everything they want. Well, and, and we're getting into, you know, we'd be getting into maybe even what a, another topic for another show about the difference between someone who really needs help or someone who's kind of milking the system. Enablement. Enablement and stuff like that. And so um, speaking of socialism, uh, Bernie Sanders, um, he he just admitted that he's a, he's a millionaire. And he said, but it's okay. If you, but if you write a best-selling book, you can be a millionaire too. Now, here's this, this is coming from a socialist. So wait a minute. You're, you're taking advantage. Bernie Sanders is taking advantage of a capitalistic system, the capitalistic system in America, and yet promoting something that is the absolutely opposite of the system that is paying him well for creating a book. It's amazing to me. You just can't fix it's, it's stupid. You just, you just can't fix stupid. And, of course, Barney, I mean, you know. I got to bring Barney up because he he has something to say. You know, you know Barney. You, you know who Barney Fife is, there, uh, Darren, right? Absolutely, absolutely. Barney, hey Barney, tell me about tell me about Bernie Sanders and his buddies. Next thing you know, they'll be on motorcycles and wearing them leather jackets and zooming around. They'll take over the whole town, a reign of terror. Well, that's that's true. Uh, thank you, Barney. I appreciate that. Um, I always got to oh Barney, Barney knows what he's talking about. We always go to Barney for some for some good philosophical, spiritual, deep, deep thoughts, deep thoughts from deep thoughts. deep thoughts from Barney Fife. So, um, Hey, look, um, it's, it's Easter this weekend and, uh, tomorrow's good Friday. No, no, uh, Friday. Well, this, this Friday, Friday this Friday's Friday is good Friday. Friday. Yeah. And, um, um, we all need to be just so focused if we can on, Christ and and what he did on the cross and the resurrection. And and obviously the resurrection is one of those things that just proves out that that he was Christ and he was God himself. Man can't resurrect himself. So even though they can burn down churches, even though uh, we can beat Christians and close churches and bury Bibles, Jesus is still alive. And that's what Easter is all about. Um, And so, um, you know, what, what let's just I mean, I'm gonna throw this out here. So so what's your first thought? What what do you like best about Easter event? Besides the jelly beans? Oh come on. <laughs> really? Jeez. No, um no, no wrong but- <laughs> Yeah, you think yes, that's right. Easter good. bunny. No, the best thing about Easter is is the cross, is knowing that 
you know, we, we celebrate Christmas because it's, it's so awesome because it's, it's fun and it's exciting, but, and that's when Jesus came, which was great. But, but what gave us everlasting life was that cross. Yeah. So this Sunday is that Christ rose again and he defeated the grave. That's awesome. Well, that, I mean, that's what it's all about. How about you, Darren? What's your, what do you like? What do you like best about Easter? Oh, it's absolutely the resurrection. Yes. The uh, promise that was made when Jesus said it is done and died on the cross and, you know, it paid for our sins and people, you don't have to beg God to forgive you. You you ask him and you move on because he's a forgiving God, but to have the opportunity, like with my accident to happen on Easter Sunday and for me not to have died that day is a testament in itself. Yeah. Um, that I didn't die on the day Jesus rose again. And that wasn't something that I thought about, but I, I have weighed heavy over the last year about it. Well, um, so it's definitely the resurrection and, and, you know, Jesus coming back in the, uh, in the Holy spirit. And well, on Easter, Easter of last year, you had your accident and that's what we're going to talk about next. And, and, and what God has done, uh, in and through the accident, um, you know, it's 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 one of those things that that not many people ever get to experience, and it's a yeah. I, I'm after talking to you, it's kind of an ex, an experience that's that's helped you in many ways, but you still struggle in many ways as well. And so we're going to talk about that, um, and I know your your testimony will be encouraging to others. We'll be right back. So, so Darren, um, I want to, you know, I gave you some questions and I, we, we just, I just want to, I just, first of all, I want to hear about, you know, when did you make your decision for Christ and tell me, tell me about that decision. I mean, tell me, you know, back in the day, you know, when did you realize that, that, that Jesus was the real thing and you needed him? I grew up in a Catholic family and we went to church right there in Hastings at St. Andrews and for the greater part of my young life, up until a mid-teenager, we were Catholic. And we went to church every Sunday, you know, did what we were supposed to, go to catechism, go to communion, be, you know, just doing what you're supposed to according to what your parents thought was the best thing to do in religion. Um, it was honestly for me at 33 years old is when I decided that I needed Christ more than I needed the world. And I gave my life to Christ, um, was baptized at 33 years old. And from there, ever since, I've had a blanket and a hedge of protection around me mm-hmm. in almost everything I've done. So I take it very personal um, when we talk about the cross. Yeah. And what Jesus had to go through, the beating that he took prior to getting on the cross is not anything that the normal man could have done. And he was a normal man at that time. He felt every lash, um, every rip of the skin, every tear of his body, oh, yeah. every blood drop. Jesus and, uh, was you know, 100% he, man and 100% God at the same time. It, and this is, this is 
not difficult for me, but it's, it's always been hard for me because I looked at him as my savior, but I also look at him as um, he took the beating for the entire world and then laid up upon, uh, upon a cross and was nailed to it and, you know, eventually died um, for our sins. And I didn't want to be a sinner, but I sin every day. But I wanted to be better than I was the day before. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't do it without Jesus in my life. So let me I made that decision. Let me ask you this question. So you grew up in a, in a Catholic home. Yeah. And my, my wife did too. Um, and, and I'm not bashing Catholicism. There's a lot of things about Catholicism that I, 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 that just go against the gospel. Just, it, it you know, purgatory, uh, praying to saints that, you know, just, you know, the whole, the, there's just a lot there that just kind of flies in the face of Christ. You know, can you be a, can you be a Catholic and believe in Jesus? Yes. So I'm not, I'm not saying Catholics aren't Christian. I'm saying Catholics that, do believe in Jesus. Well, I'm, I'm like well, <laughs> not the way that well, I didn't. I didn't say it. Like, what, what, what I meant to say was this: is that Catholics believe in Jesus, but they believe you also have to do all this other stuff too. Yes. And 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 that's the part that I I have a hard hard time with. But, um, you know, I'll never forget um, Torchy Clark, who I talked to him uh, before he died, and he was a he was a uh, he was a Catholic. Um, one of the greatest basketball coaches in college, college basketball history. And um, I, I say, coach, I said, when you, you know, I said, when you pass um, from this side of eternity to the next, you're going to heaven. He says, I hope so, Bubba. I hope so. He says, I know my, I know my wife's in heaven um, because she was a saint, but I'm, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to probably end up in purgatory. And um, I just say, coach, you believe in Jesus? And he said, yes. And I said, you're not going to purgatory, man. You're not going to purgatory. If you trust Jesus, you're, you're not going to purgatory. And um, so that's that's what the Bible says, and that's what I believe. But let me ask you this, Darren. So how did you know that that what you grew up to believe in the in the in the Catholic in the Catholic home? Why did you have to make a decision at age 33 then? Bubba, you know what we grew up with. You know, my family had its level of troubles, um, alcoholism, uh, you know, it's short of saying abuse. My parents were incredible parents, um, but they weren't the easiest parents to, to deal with things. And sometimes, you know, the old, uh, you can punish your children with a good whipping doesn't, it's not allowed in today's day as it was back then. So when I, I lost a friend of mine, you know, I was an altar boy and I thought, well, if I'm an altar boy, I'm close to God and I'm close to the priest and, you know, life is going to be good. And it was torment doing the job of an altar boy because I did weddings and funerals and I did a funeral for a, a gentleman. His name was Tony Hughes. He, had, he happened to be um, a magician, but he had cerebral palsy and he passed away. I, I did a, I did a, um, a wedding for his sister. And then like a year later, maybe two years later, Tony passed. And, um, I just couldn't grasp how somebody that loved God as much as he did could die like the way he died. And it really sent some confusing 
feelings in my in my mind and my soul. But I was only 15 years old. Mm-hmm. You know, I've got all other a, a lot of other things to worry about, much less trying to figure out whether Jesus was who I needed to have in my life. You know, mm-hmm. um, so growing up and going through my middle 18, 20 years old, and so forth. Uh, my life got really crazy with a divorce, fighting for my children. Um, I had to put focus somewhere. So I put it on my children and I put it on the church. And I ended up going to uh, Pentecostal of Apopka up here on 441 where I live. And it was an amazing experience. Um, I was able to get closer to what I believe my relationship with Jesus was supposed to be like and what my relationship with my children um, it gave me great focus. Uh, I was able to go on a missions trip to Malaysia and help build a church out in the middle of, uh, the middle of the world where there's no electric and no, no high life living. Um, and it made me really look at things the way we have them here in America to the way the other world lives out, <clears throat> outside of the American borders. Yeah. And I just didn't, I didn't want to be like that. I didn't want it to be. Um, an issue where I wasn't going to heaven. Yeah, and I knew that I was going to go to heaven, and I, I'm confident I'm going to heaven because Jesus paid for it on the cross. Right, and you know the the price has already been been done. The down payment paid. Um, That's full payment. Know, it doesn't mean it's a full yeah, payment. You, you know, we're we're not we're not on a barter program here. Um, you know, it isn't like if you pray three times a day, that's your entrance to heaven. You know, if you do good deeds, that's an entrance to heaven. It's not about that. It, yeah. it was about what happened on the cross. And so all the altar boy stuff, all the altar boy stuff yeah, and all that other stuff of, was just, yeah. it, it was just kind of, it, it, did it feel like, like maybe you were going through, I mean, not going through the motions, but kind of like, wow, I can't believe I was trying to do all that to be, to make myself uh, appear as if I'm ready to be received in God's arms when I die. Is that? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. it, that's, that's the, the legalistic, the legal, the legalistic side of all that is, is the tough thing. Legalism is very dangerous, very, very dangerous. Cause really ultimately what you're saying is that, um, look, God, I know that you paid the price on the cross and you did all that and that's all good and fine and dandy, but look at me real quick. I'm going to go do a, I'm going to go to a funeral and I'm going to hold the pole with the cross on it. And I'm going to be an altar boy and check me out. Look at me. And it's uh, legalism. Yep. Legalism is really all about, all about you. So, so it's glad I'm, I'm, I'm glad to know that, um, that Christ, you know, God impressed upon you, uh, as you got older and he gave you a shot. I mean, cause, um, you know, some people don't get out of that and they think they, they, they end up, you know, dying, thinking all the good things that they did is going to get them there. And uh, so it's good to know that you have um, made your decision for Christ and and you are saved by his grace. So tell me, like, so a year ago, on April the 1st last year, right? Last year, yep. Easter last year, you had an accident, um, a motorcycle accident um, that uh, was devastating and uh, you're dealing with it still today, a year later. Uh, tell us what happened. Like, what happened that day? So, you know, the day started out like any other Sunday. It was a beautiful, sunny day in Florida. Um, I went to church with my kids. 
And on the way out of church, um, I said that I was going to go home, check on my my puppy that I had, and then I was going to get on my motorcycle and, and go over to my daughter's house for Easter dinner. Mm-hmm. Um, so about two o'clock or so, I jump on the motorcycle and I'm heading over to her house and motorcycles and cars, um, when they collide, they car, don't, uh, yeah, car always wins. They, they don't, they don't always win. And the motorcycle in this, in this point and the rider, which is me, um, I didn't win. Uh, I got hurt extremely bad. Um, the accident happened so fast that I only had about four seconds to react to the situation I was in. Um, and in order for me to survive, I laid my motorcycle down and, and hit the rear of a, of another vehicle with my tires pretty much at the bumper level of that vehicle. And, mm-hmm. um, once the impact happened, I personally blacked out. Um, I don't recall anything that happened for the next several days. However, the phone call that was made to my daughter, Kimber, was made because I told um, or asked a lady to call my daughter, Kimber. I don't remember this. Um, being mm. on the side of the road, they always ask questions like, you know, who's the president? What year is this? Where's your address? Who are you? And I was answering all of these questions, Bubba, but I wasn't there. I wasn't part of it. I don't remember any of it. Yeah. The only thing that I do remember, and I'm grateful for it and, and thankful, is that in the process of this, while the uh, paramedics were tending to me, um, I had a encounter with my mom, and my mom passed away with with cancer nine years ago, which you know, cause you came for her funeral, which I greatly appreciate. Mm-hmm. Um, my mom was on the side of the road with me and kind of standing right next to me. And I was crying and, and broken. And I just told her, I want to come to heaven. I want to die. I want to go with you. And, uh, I was told, no, it's not my time. I can't come. Um, I have to go to the hospital. I have to get better. And, uh, I was refused. I say, I'm jokingly, I was refused entrance to heaven by my mom through God's grace that this accident wasn't going to take my life. Now, again, I wasn't awake for any of this. They took me to the hospital. They got me to the first hospital that, that was able to, uh, um, secure my medical needs to be able to transport me to a trauma one center, which I had to be airlifted to, uh, the first doctor and nurses that were in the first hospital uh, primarily saved my life and was able to, um, they put a chest tube in to, to fix the deflated left lung because it had collapsed in the, uh, in the, the accident. Um, multiple injuries, uh, collarbone broke, sternum scapula broke, um, fractured ribs, collapsed lung, broken back spinal burst fracture at the L3 vertebrae, LCL tear on the left knee, and it just kept going. It kind of um, reminds me of, uh, uh, and I'm trying to just throw a funny in there to lighten things up, but the Days of Thunder uh, when the guy was like, uh, go out there and hit the pace car. He's like, what, what do you mean? Because you hit everything else. You might as well right. just hit the pace car. So sounds yeah. like you just, you, yeah, you just hit it all. Every fender was bent uh, in your body. 
You know, it's, it's an amazing thing. I was not wearing my helmet, which I didn't normally wear one in a local ride, short distances, you know. Oh, in Florida, you don't have to wear a helmet? Mind. No, well, you do if you don't have insurance. And I made sure that I had enough adequate insurance to wear, to ride without wearing a helmet. You have to wow. have a medical policy, which is something that I made sure I had. Yeah, North Carolina, because um, I used to ride in, in North Carolina, you have to have a helmet. Yeah. Well, so do you and most of the states require it. And I'll tell you, if I were at a, I won't ever ride again. Um, just because of what I deal with today. Uh, but if I were to ever get on a motorcycle again, I would not get on one without wearing a helmet, period. And you'd be on um, one of those big trikes then. You 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 well, you yeah. you I mean, you, you, you would you would deck out this big big uh, four uh, NHRA looking wide tire one. <laughs> You'd probably get one. I know you, man. Hey, look. So you told me that the doctors told you you'd never walk again. What was that? What was going through your mind when they when they when the doctors told you that? You know, the crazy thing is, I woke up from the hospital and I kind of got coherent about day two, um, where I was. I, I woke up to be able to see my family, my children, my brother, my, my dad, all my friends that were able to come in and, and see me. And it was a very, very touch and go situation for the first 72 hours. Um, when I found out that I had broken my back and the spinal burst fracture required a 12 hour surgery to repair, um, the spinal burst fracture, which is in essence the severing of the nerves in the spinal cord. Um, and they had to go in and repair those. Well, when the neurologist came back out and they were finished with the, uh, with the surgery, um, they told the kids, you know, the next 24 hours are going to be the hardest and he may not survive. Uh, he cannot move. So don't do anything that makes him move in his, his bed. Um, so they kind of strapped me down and, Wait, sure wait, did you okay, say, so. did you say me not survive? Yes. Yeah. Wow. After the surgery. So I didn't know that. Um, I mean, I've been, I've been talking to you back and forth all this whole time uh, since yeah. last year. And I never knew that. I, I didn't think your life was ever in like, like that, like jeopardy like that. Yeah. Well, you know, when I was at the, uh, the hospital here in Lake County, they had to airlift me over to Waterman from Waterman hospital over to RMC, which is a trauma one center. And uh, the doctor here at Waterman was able to inflate my lungs so they could put me on a helicopter and fly me over. Mm -hmm. It took them um, about an hour and a half to get me stabilized onto the, the actual transportation board that they have to put in the helicopter because it's a special design. But that entire time was critical. Mm -hmm. But the most critical part when they opened up my back and saw the damage was it, it became very real at that point mm -hmm. that uh, things were, were very bad because the spinal fluid, leaking spinal fluid in your body is not a good thing. Um, and they had to be able to stop all of that. So when the doctor said, you'll never walk again, um, you know, of course, my first things are, how am I going to survive not walking? You know, and I'm drugged up. I'm on morphine and, and oxy and every drug that they could give me to kill pain and to, to deal with nausea and vomiting and all the stuff that I was going through from what they did, uh, it didn't register to me. It, it didn't click that you'll never walk again. I, I just, I, I, I couldn't buy into that process that something I enjoyed so much took my ability to walk. Um, and I always <clears throat> just kept a real positive attitude towards 
the fact that I felt I would be able to do whatever I put my mind to. And uh, I was going to walk again, but I had a lot of injuries that stopped me from being able to do physical therapy. Um, I had weight restrictions and no lifting restrictions. You know, the collarbone was broke, so I couldn't use my left arm. My left leg was messed up, so I couldn't use that. You can't walk with a right leg and a right arm. You can't balance. You know, it's really, really crazy. So laying in the hospital, I just, I remember calling the girls. We we visited every day in the hospital, but the girls, I, I called my daughters one day and I said, hey, I got something to show you when you come up here tonight. Now, granted, that was weeks and weeks after I had already been in the hospital and started to get past the pain of the surgeries and stuff. But I remember being able to lift my left leg in the bed. And when my girls came in the room, I said, uh, do you want to see what I can do? And they said, yeah. So I lifted my left leg up about six inches off the bed. And I said, God is good and I'm going to walk again. Um, and my attitude towards the accident was it was an accident. It happened. I can't change what happened to me, but I can either lay here and let it absorb me, consume me, and, and let me die inside. Mm-hmm. Or I can draw on the strength of Jesus and fight this like he did and when i say like he did he fought for all of us on that cross and that's why it was so important if he could take the beating and and be crucified on the cross i surely could take the beating from an accident and still overcome this because i was faithful and true and i'm uh i knew that i had the the power of jesus to protect me yeah so um tell but tell me like so God specifically, like, what has he revealed to you about himself and his will for you in, in your life through the accident? I mean, because, I mean, this is one of the toughest verses, I think, in the whole Bible. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through, 16 through 18, but it says, Rejoice always, pray continually, giving thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you, will for you in Christ Jesus. Give thanks right. in give wait a minute, excuse me, squeeze me, baking powder. Did you just say God that give thanks in all circumstances? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That is hard to do. Yeah. That is well, hard to know, do. So so favorite. tell me like you know, t- tell me tell me what God's revealing about his his will for you um and I want to say that my favorite Bible verse is Romans eight twenty eight, and it basically says that all things work for good that for those that are called to His purpose. Right. And I knew that He wasn't done with me because He survived, you know, helped me survive from the accident. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are greater plans for us on Earth that, with an open mind and an open heart. And following the path that I believe God's had me on for many years, um, he was going to use this accident to show me who I was as a person, to to show people who he made as a person. Um, I get a lot of, hey, you're an inspiration. Um, You have such a loving heart. You're such a giving, caring, loving person. You reach out to people. You Wait a minute. Wait a minute. You mean like Darren or you talking about your brother? I'm just playing. I'm just yeah, playing. Exactly. I'm just playing. You know, and and that's what I questioned. It's like, what do people see in me that gives them that idea? And um, it's it's 
a pretty simple, basic uh, theory in my life that when I went down in the water at 33 years old and said, all right, I'm yours, um, that I have a hedge of protection on me. So he has re- he has shown me, God has shown me, Jesus has shown me that with all the adversity that you can go through, there's still, you know, the cliche light at the end of the tunnel. There's still a shining light. Well, that shining light is the light of Jesus Christ that says, I'm here for you at all times. You need to lean on me at all times. Let me take your problems and deal with them. And you forget about them because I have it handled. You know, yeah. our lives are written out from, from birth to death. And, you know, we have the right to change our stories by doing things that we feel in our gut we shouldn't do. But let me try it. You know, I got tired of, of life being hard. So I wanted something different. And after the accident, I just realized that we we serve a very loving, compassionate charismatic God that wants the best for us. And in order to get that, you just have to follow the, the biblical principles of life. Yes, you have to be a good person, but that's not getting you to heaven. Yes, yeah. And so, and so we talk about this, we talk about this quite a bit um, on the show that, and, and you know, we, we are good because of, there's nothing good in us, but Christ. So, I mean, we say, well, we have to be good, but, if we just step back and die to ourselves, then we'll be good because Christ in us will come. Well, if we're low, he's high, right? We, we put ourselves in, in, in the lower position. Um, then we're going to do good because of Christ in us, not because we're trying to impress anybody or impress God. And you mentioned the light, um, God being a light and Jesus being a light. It's interesting in Psalm 119, and he says that your word is a lamp unto my feet, a light unto my path. And it's not this bright light shining down life's, uh, life's runway so you can see everything that's coming. It is just enough to get you that, that next step. And um, that's where the faith comes in. And, um, you know, sometimes stuff happens to us that's, that's good and bad. And, I mean, I like the hedge of protection, the Romans 8, 28, um, I love that, but uh, sometimes you know God, God, he, he doesn't allow you to be healed. He, you know, he he may you may not you know. It, it, I know I know people have died of cancer thinking God was gonna God was gonna heal them, and you know it's, it's, if it's not in if it's not in His plan, it doesn't. That, that verse is so, and I'm not saying you are, but I'm saying sometimes that that verse can be taken out of context because people think well everything's gonna work out for the good because you know. But Paul wrote that in prison. He was he was being persecuted pretty heavily at that point in time, and he was like, "I ain't worried about all this because it's all gonna work out anyway." And uh, the verse yeah. I love uh, the most, actually, off of that is Romans eight thirty one. It says, "If God is for us, who can be against us?" I mean, that I, I love Romans Romans eight thirty one because you know there is no there is nothing greater than when you have God Himself standing by your side and defending, uh, you know, just being there for you and, and paying that price on the, on the cross and knowing that you can walk with confidence on this side of eternity, that you know the Savior personally. It's not just, oh, I believe in God. Look, everyone believes in God, but you have a relationship. Like, I know who Brett Favre is, right? But I don't know who Brett Favre is. 
right? So I can say I know Brett Favre, but I can't say that I know his favorite color, what his favorite foods are, what time he likes to get up in the morning. You know, I don't know anything about him. But you see where I'm coming from? So, um, so, so, all right. So you, doctor says you're not going to walk again. Tell me about your progress. Like, like, I mean, where, where, where you're at now and, and, um, what's, what's your, what's your prognosis uh, moving forward? Um, I have permanent nerve damage from the spinal birth fracture. So my mid waist, like from my belly button down is sporadically numb. There are certain areas of my my uh, lower body that I can't feel. Um, my left foot in, has uh, nerve damage to the point where I get electrocuted all the time. The nerve damage goes up from back at the, uh, the area of where the spinal birth fracture happened, and it goes down to the tip of the toes, and it electrocutes me. Um, Whoa. And it happens a lot. Really? It's very painful. I also don't have any feeling in the left foot, meaning the, the underside of the foot um, is numb. Um, so it, it's hard when you can't feel your foot yeah. on the ground. Um, that would be odd. The, it, it is odd. It's really, really weird. The uh, right knee is numb. I don't feel it. It feels like it's the size of a, uh, a soccer ball. Um, and I've had it checked to make sure that there's no damage to it. And it's not, it's just part of the accident. What had happened, um, things that I have to deal with now, yeah. the, uh, the tingling, the sensation, the burning, the numbness, it, it's all something that I'll have to deal with the rest of my life because of the nerve damage. Wow. Um, according to the doctors, mm. the, uh, the broken back and the rods and screws and titanium discs that have been replaced to repair my back. I don't have a lot of problems in my back. Uh, mm -hmm. The collarbone has uh, rods and screws in it from my neck over to my shoulder. And that sometimes gives me a problem with sleeping. But um, the biggest issue is the legs. And some days they want to work and other days they don't. Yeah. And when I say they want to work, some days they're, they don't hurt as bad to walk on them. I don't have a lot of tension. I don't have a lot of uh, pain or numbness. And other days I just don't even want to get out of bed because they hurt so bad. Yeah. Um, but I get up anyway. I put my shoes on, boots. Um, I wear boots with everything. So uh, it keeps my ankles supported. Yeah. So they don't roll on me when I walk. And it was just a mindset to, to start taking steps and see what I could do. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's truly one step, one foot in front of the other, one step um, in front of the other. So and, uh, are you, you know, so are you, take uh, your progress. Are they saying that you're going to walk again? Well, I am walking. It sounds like he's Praise walking. No, I mean, like, yeah. I mean, I thought that you were still going through the therapy and the whole. So you're actually you're actually getting up and doing it. I have actually. You're doing what you're doing what the doctor uh, said you weren't going to be able to do. Yeah, mm -hmm. absolutely. I'm That's doing awesome. What they told Amen. me that I couldn't wow. do. Um, I like that. Yeah. That's great. Praise God on that. That's good stuff. I am working with a very good friend of mine. Um, his name is John Castro, and he has a, uh, a gym that he has had for many years. And he and I worked out together several years ago and trained. And after the accident, um, we became really good friends back then. But we lived so far apart that it was hard for me to interact with him. It's an hour and a half away. 
for me to go to his gym and work out with him. But mm. I'm, I'm getting um, the physical therapy that I need because he's a physical therapist. That's his background. And then the mentoring and health coach and life coach abilities that he has um, come encapsulated in his programs that he does uh, help me to get my mind and my body strong and my spirit strong Yeah. to uh, so get them all aligned and focused so that I can overcome these injuries. Even if I had the injuries for the rest of my life, I want to get to a point where they don't control me anymore. Mm-hmm. So in order to do that, it's hard work, it's dedication, it's one foot in front of the other, it's sweating and, and having uh, fatigue and your body thinking everything's going to fall apart on you only for it to be encapsulated and put right back together again hmm. for the next workout. So, so there are people listening. I, um, oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I am grateful that, that I am walking, that I, uh, am able to take a shower all by myself that I could pretty much live alone again now. Um, but I was told not only would you not walk again, but you'll never have normalcy in life. Now, normalcy is a big word. Well, that's a, a that, lot of areas of life. Well, you know, but, you know, sometimes doctors, maybe the bedside man are like, really, you're, you're never going to do this. You're never gonna, you know what? You know, forget it, pal. I'm, I'm might be a different normal, but yeah, it can still be a yeah. good normal. And, and that's, you know, you're there. Exactly. It. It's a different normal now. It's things that I have to do differently to accommodate my, my body and what I'm capable of doing. Uh, I have not realized how many restaurants and how many stores are not ADA accountable, um, that they are not changed over. And, um, a lot of curbs that are out there that you would park in a handicap zone and not have a ramp. You'd have to walk up, you know, step on a six inch curb to get up on a sidewalk. I never thought yeah. about those things, but I have to think about them now. How do you feel? Uh, how do you, yeah. How do you feel about the I guy, to, the guy who gets out of the, out of the sports car in the, in the handicap spot? that throws his little thing up and I hate that. You know, I used to think, <laughs> and, and I hated it too. And I can tell you, handicap comes in a lot of variations. I, I'm and sure. But the, you, but you know, there's that guy there. You know, there's that yeah. guy well, who, who uh, borrowed think, it from a, from his grandma or something <laughs> like that. He keeps one in his car and he pulls up and I mean, sports car and gets out and he's, you know, doing jumping jacks on the way into Walmart. I mean, I'm like, I just want to just trip that guy. But anyway, well, I'll tell you, and it, it's a funny thing that you asked about that because I've had that situation happen to me where I'm waiting for a handicap spot and somebody that clearly, in my opinion, didn't look like they needed the spot. Yeah. But that's not for me to judge what their ailment is. And what yeah, their problem is. I understand so, that. And, when, I, you know, you just look at that and on the surface, you just kind of go, really? I mean, yeah. come on. You know I mean? When I got one, and the funny thing about it, Bubba, is when I got out of my vehicle and I was, per se, waddling to the front entry, because I do not walk straight anymore. I, I don't have my, my strut like I used to. I have very short, deliberate steps. You were like the best. You were like the best moonwalker in uh, at Evans High School, weren't you? Like, I mean, you just, so like. Well, there's yeah, there's no more booty dancing for me. I no, okay, all right. Me, so. I thought you were the best moonwalker, honey. Really? Yeah. And now the truth comes out. Yeah, yeah. I was, yeah. Uh, I was, I was the best. Uh, no, no. But Darren had a he had a mean moonwalk, man. I'm telling you right now. So hey, uh, so so. So, so check this out. So there, there are people that are listening to the show that may be dealing with a uh, physical ailment or have a child with a physical ailment or whatever. Um, and so, so 
tell just real quickly because uh, we, we're, we're running on running low on time. Uh, how they how they can find joy in in the real pain and suffering when it's thrust upon you so quickly like this, like through 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 Christ. I mean, what, what? Tell me, tell me, tell me how that even happens. First, you have to believe that you can get better. You have to you have to set your mind straight. You have to get your thought process straight, and you you must absolutely believe in yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, you cannot give up on who you are as a person. If I had given up, I would be a statistic and I would be in a wheelchair and I would be living where people are feeding me and, you know, changing my pull-ups and all the stuff that I didn't want to have happen in life. Yeah. So. That's a good, that's a good point. If if people will really focus on their, their deep sense of self-preservation, they have to realize in their own heart that they can do this no matter how hard it is. It's a challenge, but it can be done. Um, and they got to get their mind straight. They just have to, they have to stay focused on having a better life and knowing that it can change and knowing that it can be better for them. Um, and then just ask for God's grace and, and ask for him to help heal you. Yeah. I am healed to a point where I can have a life and I'm grateful for it. Good. So will it get better for me? I'm, I'm hoping so. Will my life get easier? Will these injuries go away? Absolutely not. I can't take the titanium out of my body. I can't uninflate the lung that they had to go in and repair. I can't take the nerve damage away. But I can live with it, and I can take myself to a point where I know what my degree of um, pain level that I can handle when I'm out on my own or doing whatever I do. But if people would just focus on God's grace, ask for his assistance and, and healing. The mind is the most crucial part of your body. Yeah. If you put your mind in a place that is dark and and heavy, you're gonna live dark and heavy. And you have to you have to clear yourself of that. Oh, I believe that. I mean I'm not a Tony Robbins guy, but you know, but uh but I do believe that your mind you you, you get up in the morning, you you gotta you gotta sometimes you don't want to do it, but you just gotta you gotta do it. And uh, I was just actually at Lowe's. And I was talking to a friend of mine who's going to be on the show uh, here really soon. He's a cancer survivor, and he has another friend who has survived the same kind of cancer that he had. And uh, so we had another type, tip, uh, kind of story like yours. This guy was, you know, knocking on death's door and, um, and survived uh, cancer. And so, but he said the same thing to me tonight. He said, you know, he still works, and he says, if I stop working, I'm done. You know, I. I, I yeah. got. I got to keep going. I got to keep going, and so um, there's a lot to be said for that. And it takes, it takes willpower. And so, uh, man, I'm, I am so uh, grateful that you are. Um, you're doing so well, and and um, I'm. I, I'm a. I, 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 your friendship to me has meant so much. I mean, we lived, we live uh, many miles away, uh, almost 600 miles away from each other, but uh, we always kind of pick up where we left off. And those are the types of friends that you. You know, it's it's a two way street, and you're you know, you, you don't have to work at it and you're, you're one of my, you're one of my favorites. So, um, I really do appreciate you joining us and sharing well, thank with you for us sharing the story. I think that was very, um, that'll be very helpful to a lot of people. You are quite an inspiration and, and I didn't know all these things about what you had going on. So a lot of this was new to me as well as to the audience. So thank you so much for sharing. And I just praise oh, God welcome. that you're doing well and that you've got the Lord and, um, just keep going, brother. Yeah, it's 
It's amazing, man. Um, any, so anything else you want to, you, you want to share with the, with the, the, the listeners? Just, you know, it's not just physical. Um, it's mental. Yeah. Uh, don't think that I haven't been depressed and had to overcome that. Don't mm-hmm. think that I didn't wish that when I was healing that I wasn't in heaven, you know, and it would have been easier for me to have died on the side of the road than it would be to struggle and get better. Yeah. Uh, because those are definitely things that I thought about. You just got to overcome them. You got to mm-hmm. know that there's a greater purpose and I'm still waiting to figure out exactly what God has in store for me. And I'm open and willing to whatever it is that he has to come my way. Um, so for those that are struggling, those that have, you know, mental illness, those that have physical illness and abilities or disabilities that create them to have a harder life than others, just do your best to overcome it, you know, and don't, don't forget to ask for help. Yeah. You know, without my family, friends, supporters, um, you know, I can throw it out real quick that I, I have the greatest employer in the world and my employer that, uh, when I had my job, because I don't have a job anymore, unfortunately, I've, uh, I've gone on disability and, and I can't do the things that I used to do, so I'm not able to work. But my employer paid my salary for seven months Wow! while I was, one, in the hospital and two, out of the hospital trying to get better. Yeah. Um, and with him doing so, I didn't lose everything that I worked so hard to get. And he didn't want me to have to worry about my financial problems had I not been making money. Uh, he wanted me to worry about getting better and, and yeah. getting healthy and correct in my life. So, you know, I'm grateful for him more than I can tell. Uh, he's an amazing man. And he, you know, I've told him many times, he's my guardian angel on earth. He's one of them that was placed in my path many years ago that uh, was there at the exact time. And his heart helped to sustain me financially so yeah. that I didn't lose everything. Well, God's sovereignty and God's sovereignty. Yeah, he had that guy in your life at that right time. That's the way God works. Absolutely. So, um, so. man, that's awesome. Well, um, man, I really appreciate um, the the you joining us. And um, uh, you know, guys, if you're not encouraged by that story, when the, when the doctor tells you that you're not going to walk again, and a year later you're walking, uh, you know what, uh, old Satan, you know. Stick it. Stick it. As your dad, as my dad would say, it. just stick it. Hey, uh, yeah, listen, listen. Uh, you you can listen to us um, uh, anytime on on your on your podcast platform. That's the great thing about podcasts. If you if you don't hear us in the first thing in the morning, you can you can tee it up anytime you want. Um, so you know, do that, and and we're just we're just grateful. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, shoot us an email. We love you guys, and uh, we will um, we'll have our next show. On Tuesday. Oh, yeah. We'll have a happy Easter, everybody. Happy Easter. Bye now. Yes, everyone. Go, go Jesus. Yes, go Jesus. He's risen.